Welcome to Disney Deciphered, a podcast helping you save money, time, and stress as you plan your Disney vacation. On today's episode, we go over planning timelines, what you need to plan, and when you need to plan it as you're getting ready to go to Disney World. Find old episodes of the podcast at DisneyDeciphered.com, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, Spotify, iHeartRadio, or anywhere you find podcasts. And we'd really appreciate it if you left us some positive feedback on Apple Podcasts. You can connect with us, DisneyDeciphered at gmail.com, at WDWDeciphered on Twitter, or on our Facebook page, Disney Deciphered. Thanks, and enjoy the show. Hi, I'm Joe from As Joe Flies. And I'm Leslie from Trips with Tykes. And welcome back to Disney Deciphered. So it is January, and because it is January, Leslie's a little under the weather, but Leslie, thank you for gutting it out today. I know. I'm recording this with the flu, so if none of it makes any sense, then, um, you know, blame it on viruses, but... Blame it on the cough syrup. I know. But uh, because it's January, that is the time when, you know, I think a lot of us are starting to plan our Disney World trips for the year. So we thought here at the beginning of the year, it'd be a perfect time to just take a look at when you're planning a Disney vacation, it can be super overwhelming. And it's kind of important to have at least a rough timeline of what to do in your head as you're planning it. I know, Leslie, you're thinking of maybe going in October. That is the tentative plan. Um, So yeah, the next trip, I wouldn't say it's locked down, but it's, uh, it's shaping up right now. But yeah, this is definitely planning time of year. I mean, I think all of us with those New Year's resolutions are like, we're going to get organized. We're going to plan all our trips for the year. We're going to, you know, our life is going to be perfect. So we're going to help you right here on Disney Deciphered make that happen for yourself. We can't clean your closets, unfortunately, like Marie Kondo can. Yeah, you're not going to lose 25 pounds listening to us, but you no, may lose never. 25 pounds on your Disney World vacation because you've been doing so much walking. So what we're going to do is we, uh, touringplans.com, their blog has a nice kind of timeline, um, but we're just going to use that as a frame of reference, but talk more about just kind of like our own planning uh, habits and how we go about planning our Disney World vacations. So kicking things off, you know, they say from 12 to seven months out, the first thing you should do is create a My Disney Experience account, which obviously we totally agree with. But at that point, you need to start thinking about how are you going to get there and where you're going to stay when you get there. So when you're thinking about, for you, obviously, flights and hotels, you know, what are kind of the some of the questions you ask yourself as you're trying to decide what to do, Leslie? For, I guess we can kind of use my October trip as an example. I mean, right now, this we're many months out, and I'm I'm thinking about what days I'm going to fly. I'm starting to look at flights, but I'm not locking anything down right now yet. I mean, usually flight deals are going to happen clo- a little bit closer in from where we are right now. But I am just sort of checking, like, you know, especially if you've never been to Disney World before, look and see what airlines are flying the route that you want to take, you know, who flights nonstop, you know, what what days of the week are they flying? Because not not all airlines fly that, that route every every day. So just sort of get the lay of the land, check the prices just so you have kind of a gut check in your back of your mind as to how much this is going to cost you and sort of watch and wait. And I'm doing the same with hotels. Actually, right now I would be looking at hotels and seeing what the prices are. I, I've mentioned before on some previous episodes that I am a big fan of booking something now, a placeholder reservation as soon as you can, and then keep looking because you can always cancel and if you find something better and replace it. So, you know, I've often cycled through four or five different hotel reservations before I finally settle on the, the one that I'm going to end up actually staying in at the end. Yeah. So I think this is a good point to kind of talk about the difference between your lodging and your flights if you have to fly. Obviously, if you have to drive, you are going to 
plan out however many days you're going to need to drive down there. Um, or if you're within a one day drive, you know, you're just going to do that one day drive. Um, so we're not going to go into that too much here, but for flights, you know, one of the issues with flights is once you buy your ticket, it's generally non-refundable unless you're flying with something like Southwest. So just to give you um, some tips, Leslie and I like to hack our travel, especially when it comes to flights. So just to offer you some money-saving tips, one thing I'd recommend you do is you can go to kayak.com and you can set a flight alert so you can search from your home airport to Orlando MCO. And remember, if you want Magical Express or anything like that, you want to be flying into MCO. Um, And for more information about that airport and flying to that airport, you can check out episode 12. What you can do is you set a flight alert and say, for myself, I'll say, uh, I want to fly from Boston to Orlando on October 7th or whatever. And what Kayak will do is it can send you daily or weekly and it'll send you price updates. And for me, if I'm paying for flights with cash, what I'll do is, you know, like Leslie said, you kind of have a ballpark about what the price is now and a ballpark of what you want to pay. And if my flights ever hit that price, I just buy it and I don't look back. And you can, of course, do this with Google Flights too. I just, uh, I don't know. I started with Kayak and I just stick with it. The difference with hotels is you can almost always book a refundable rate. I totally do what Leslie does. I At this point in my planning, even though I'm nine, 10 months out, I'll book a hotel at a refundable rate. Remember, you don't want to click one of the non-refundable ones. And that way I have that hotel. And Leslie, this is something that you don't have to do with any random hotel. Like Disney hotels will also have refundable rates. Is that correct? That's right. All of them do. And I can't remember the cancellation period for Disney hotels, but it's just a few days before. I mean, maybe maybe three or five. It's five days. It's five, five. Thank days, you. Yeah. I'm glad yeah. you know that off the top of your head. Yeah. The difference is don't book a package. Just book your hotel room for now, um, and that'll be five days. As soon as you add tickets or anything like that, it becomes 30 days. So you just want to do the five days. Yeah, that's right. So you really have until you're down to the wire to make your hotel decision. And and I, I have definitely been down to that five-day wire before now that I think about it. Well, Leslie, you sometimes like change your hotel like the week before you get there. I did on my last trip. Yeah, we saw a great deal for uh, Port Orleans French Quarter. And uh, we were staying in a value and weren't, you know thrilled about the two double beds with our family of four and we it was a great it was a great upgrade so there you go but one one other thing we should mention about hotels i know a lot of people want to stay in dvc um either they're dvc members themselves or they want to rent dvc points there are kind of two deadlines that people need to keep keep in mind there's the 11 month booking window and the 7 month booking window so dvc members who are you know looking at their home resort can book at 11 months out. If they're booking at other resorts, can book at seven months out. So if you're looking to rent some DVC points, those are really pivotal deadlines that you need to think about because if you're booking much shorter in, the availability may just be gone. Yeah. And then the other thing to note with DVC is if you go through something like uh, Dave's Rentals, they will charge an extra dollar per point for booking past seven months. You know, that's just something to bear in mind. So if you're booking for something six months from now, you'll pay whatever their DVC dollar per point rate is. But if you're booking for eight months from now, you'll pay that rate plus $1 per point. So um, that's something to know. We, we should definitely do a DVC rental episode at some other point, And we can talk about that then. Definitely, because it's way too much to cover right now. So we have a placeholder hotel in place where we have our flight searches ready and available, although we probably have not bought our flights yet, unless, you know, if you see a great deal, just jump on it. You know, if it looks cheap to you, it probably is cheap. Now, the next kind of marker that you need to worry about is 180 days out. So what happens 180 days before your trip, Leslie? 
That's when all the dining reservations open. So yes, you have to plan where you're going to eat dinner six months from now, but uh, it is what it is. So if you if you're wanting those you know hot reservations at Disney World, you know the Chef Mickey's character breakfast or the Cinderella's royal table or you know some of those really really sought after dining reservations, then you want to be completely researched and have a schedule and know what you're going in to 180 days out and go for it. For sure. And um, we have a couple of dining episodes. Uh, Episode 16 is about getting dining reservations. Episode 30 is about interactive or antic dining. And episode 33 is about character dining. Another thing to note is, um, and this will go for Fast Passes too in a little bit, but if you're staying on site at a Disney hotel, 180 days out from the first night you stay, you should be able to book dining reservations for your whole uh, stay unless you're staying for like a ridiculous amount of time. So towards the end of your trip, you should be able to get kind of whatever dining options you want. And what would you recommend, Leslie? Do you generally or do you generally like to like fill up all your dining schedule or do you like to leave things open or, you know, how do you decide that for yourself? I don't even plan my Disney World vacations for the most part 180 days out. So I I always miss this window. You know, it's just because we go enough that this isn't, you know, for some families, this is, you know, they've been planning this for three or four years and this is the big, big event and they have all this lead time in planning and, and I just don't have that luxury. So I'm jealous of those of you who do. I'm always the one trying to kind of hack my way into these places later. But I, 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 I'm not a huge dining person. I try to have a couple of signature dining experiences when I'm on a trip. But for the most part, I'm happy to grab things from the festivals or eat at quick service or just kind of roll with the punches. What about you? Yeah, I'll grab stuff 180 days out that I think I want. But what I'll often do is I'll change my mind or whatever or you know things change and it's like, oh, now I would rather – um, eat at Chef Mickey's because my kids want to go there. And then remember what we talked about in other episodes is, you know, use that Touring Plans Reservation Finder. Uh, it's free. All you have to do is, I mean, you have to sign up, but it's a, you can sign up with just a free account and they'll search your dining reservations for you and they'll send you a text or an email when uh, the reservation you want opens or something close to that window opens. So between that and booking my dining in advance, you know, I usually can get what I want. And, you know, I try to, I don't like filling up my entire trip with dining. Like I don't like revolving everything around dining. So the one thing I always do is I try to get a reservation for Via Napoli almost every time. Uh, this is in the Italy Pavilion in Epcot. In terms of the quality of food of the pizza and also in terms of the price that you pay compared to everywhere else in Disney World, that value is just too much to pass up for my family and myself. You can feed your whole family at Via Napoli, close to the same price as you would at a quick service meal. So, That's great. I still haven't eaten there. I'll go next time and save some money thanks do you even, to you. Do you even go to Disney World, Leslie? I do. It's so big, Joe. Like, There's so many things you, you know. It is so big. I mean, that, that's the thing. It is so big. It takes a lifetime to, to do it all, to try all the restaurants, to stay in all the hotels. We're, we're working on it. We're you working know? on it, for sure. So at what point, Leslie, do you usually start looking for tickets? Touring Plan says 120 days out. You know, as long as I have them before the point at which I need to book my fast passes, that's good enough for me. That's really the the key is to have them in time for that 60-day fast pass booking window. That's exactly what I do. You know, I I mean, I'd like to have them a few days before the 60-day fast pass window, but really you just want to get your tickets before your fast pass window and you want to get them linked to my Disney experience before then. So, 60-day yes. fast pass window. 
we've talked about in other episodes, but what is that, Leslie, uh, if people are new here? So if you're staying in a Disney hotel, in an on-property hotel, and at some of the select uh, Disney Springs hotels, that's still that's still good for this year, then you get the rights to make your fast passes three per day, um, 60 days in advance. And you should absolutely be doing that if you want some of the more popular rides. And in fact, some of, some of them are gone even before that because there's some some hacks that more advanced people can can use to uh, get fast passes a few days before that. Episode thirty nine, if you're interested. <laughs> that's true, advanced fast pass. So yeah, it's, that's this is for things like Seven Dwarfs Mine Train or Flight of Passage. Although that that one may may already be gone in sixty days, and it's a a scramble, but you get the best you can and and keep adjusting them. Yeah. And so what I would normally do is at my 60 day window, I'll look at what fast passes are available across like the entirety of my trip, whether it's three days or whether it's seven days. But especially if it's three days, I kind of plan the order that I'm visiting the parks based on what fast passes I get. What about you, Leslie? How do you decide kind of which order you go to the parks in? Like, do you always start with a certain park or does it depend on what fast passes you get or, you know, how do you like to think about that? Yeah, I don't let the, the fast passes necessarily drive my park schedule. I usually have a an ideal park schedule in my mind in advance. Like I'm usually looking at park hours, thinking about, you know, what well, what dining reservations I have. I mean, that's going to drive what park I'm going to be in that day if there's a dining reservation I really, really want to keep. But yeah, I, I'm often lo- looking at park hours to try to dodge crowds. I, I want to pick parks on days when they're not crazy. Like sometimes I'll hit an extra magic hour in the morning and then hop over to another park that's not going to be as busy later in the day. So so that's part of my strategy is crowd avoidance first and foremost. Now, of course, if I get that magical flight of passage fast pass, then you know I'm going to Animal Kingdom for the day. But I, I think you have to, to weigh all of the different factors in your own mind to sort of come up with the optimal plan because it's going to be different for every person. Yeah. And I definitely say that to me, one of the parts that, well, I don't agonize over it because I really enjoy it. But one of the puzzles that I'm always trying to solve when I go to Disney World is kind of which parks am I going to go to on which days? And you have different parameters. So there's just dining, like you said. There are important rides, um, like Flight of Passage. Like if you get a fast pass to an important ride, you're probably going to that park. There are things like my kids, like I've said before, they love the Disney Junior Show. So I'm going to have to make sure I go to Hollywood Studios someday. Um, so, you know, it is tough I, I do I do sympathize. Like the first time that you've been back to Disney World in a long time, you know, it's tough to decide um, which parks to go to, frankly. And, you know, some people are like, should we go to all four? I would say, and this goes for anyone who, if it's your first time back at Disney for a long time, you know, just don't try to do everything. Pick the things that you or your kids, if you're traveling with kids, you think will enjoy the most and then just do your best with that. Agreed. It can be a very complex logic game if you want to play that, but don't try to feel like you have to play that on your first or second trip. Pick a plan, stick to it. You know, it, it's it's fine to say six months out, we're doing Animal Kingdom on Tuesday, we're doing Magic Kingdom on Wednesday, and, you know, just get whatever fast passes can fit into that schedule. That's fine too. It is crazy. Like, what other vacation in the world do you kind of decide that kind of stuff that far in advance? Disney World is just. A whole different animal. I know. And it, it didn't used to be that way. I mean, I remember the trips that I took as a child with my family and there was no planning. It was book a hotel and that's it. Yep. 
and you just show up. One thing I would say, this is advice that I've been given that, you know, I tend to agree with, especially if your kids are younger, I would just say, don't start off with the Magic Kingdom unless you're planning to only go to the Magic Kingdom, if you can help it. If, if you do, it's not a huge deal. But kind of the drop off in terms of wow factor for most kids um, from Magic Kingdom to especially something like Epcot is uh, pretty, pretty far. So you kind of want to, I like to, I like to build up to the most positive end of the trip personally, as long as like the weather works out and all that stuff. Make them hold out before they see the castle. Yeah. My geeky children love Epcot. So there. Yeah. I mean, mine do too, (laughs) but it's just, I don't know. And the other nice thing about Magic Kingdom is there are so many more attractions in such a more compact space compared to the other parks. So it's true. That's true. All right. The next sort of time window that folks need to be thinking about is sort of between the 30 and 60 day window. There are a couple of things that you need to be doing there and then, which is customizing your magic bands. If you're staying on property and are getting magic bands, you want to make sure you do those in time. So you get the colors that you want. This really, really matters if you have a tween daughter like I do. Or a five-year-old one. That's true. That's true. So that's will ship to your house and you want to have them before your trip. And you also want to make your Magical Express reservations so you can get your luggage tags that you're going to put on your bags if you're going to use Disney's luggage delivery. And uh, so you need to have enough time to make sure those reach you as well. Yeah. And so the nice thing about Magical Express is I would suggest signing up for it. And then if you decide not to use it, then you can call and cancel. Or if you don't show up, they won't do anything. Uh, Although I think it's courteous to call and cancel. Better to have it than not to have it. And also, if you didn't sign up, uh, as long as you have a Disney World hotel reservation, um, you can still use it when you show up. You might just have to wait a little bit longer. Yes, that's right. And then the other thing is, by this point, um, generally, the cheapest domestic airfare is going to be one month away from when your trip is. That is on an average date. Obviously, if you're traveling on a weekend or if you're traveling over the holidays, it might be a little earlier. But to swing back to those flight alerts that you sent back at 10 months, between one and two months, that's kind of when... If for some reason the prices never dropped, that's when I basically just bite the bullet and you know pay whatever there is out there. Because case if you don't fly often, airlines almost never drop the price like in the last week. It's not like they try to sell the last seats at a discount. They just get more and more. In that last month, they'll just kind of get more and more expensive, especially after you pass the three-week mark. Yeah, yeah. Whatever you do, I would not let it get under 21 days booking your airfare because you're going to pay a whole lot more. And then definitely at this point, if you found a better hotel, um, you know, switch over. Like as long as you're five days away from a Disney hotel, but lots of regular chain hotels like Hilton's and Marriott's, you can cancel the day before. So you can keep looking for cheaper hotel prices. That's right. Your vacation planning never ends. And then for the, we should talk about offsite guests as well. 30 days is your big, your big number for fast pass reservations. That's when you can make your fast pass reservations and just be aware that a lot of the big ones will be gone. But if you're vigilant and go back and listen to advanced fast pass episode 39, we will tell you how to get a couple of the good ones, even though you're at a planning disadvantage. For sure. And so other than that, you know, you can just, uh, you have to decide about memory maker. Um, That's episode 44. Sorry to keep throwing out all these episode numbers, but um, we realize as we talk about the planning that, you know, we've covered a lot of these topics in their own specific episodes. And then you just show up and enjoy your vacation. Hopefully. Hopefully you plan for it for six months. 10 months. Yeah. Actually, 
Um, before we wrap up, we didn't talk about car rentals, Leslie. Um, do you almost always rely totally on Disney transportation or have you rented a car? Or I haven't rented a car in a very long time, but of course, rent cars on plenty of other vacations. And uh, just like with the hotels, book and something because they are, you know, you don't put a credit card down. They can't, they don't charge you. Things are totally cancelable. So book whatever you see. So you have something and then keep trying to find better rates and I use autoslash.com a lot to try to find cheaper rates on rental cars. So that's worth putting in the reservation that you have. And then it'll send you an email when they see something for that same place that beats the reservation that you have. And so you can save a lot of money that way. But yeah, car rentals are, are great are great. And they're cheap in Orlando. So if you, you know, feel like you need a car, then uh, you know, that's the place to get it. Just be aware of the parking charges. And also beware of the tolls. Make sure you uh, bring some quarters. So yeah, that is pretty much the things that we do when we are planning our Disney vacations. You know, I think for Disney do's and don'ts today, I think what would be good, Leslie, is what is a Disney do or don't you have? You know, you've done all this planning. You're so invested in your trip. What's kind of like a Disney do or don't you have for people going to Disney World? So Joe, I think you kind of hinted at it. Don't let all of this planning overwhelm you or wreck your Disney vacation. I mean, here I am. And I just told you that on the vast majority of my Disney vacations, I'm not booking a single dining reservation 100 days, 180 days out because I don't even have an idea that I'm going to Disney World 180 days out. So, so I think that's just important to keep in mind. And, you know, there are all these websites out there that are, you know, all about meticulous planning, but the vast majority of people who are going to Disney World are not doing it to that level. I mean, that is not your competition, if if that's the right word. People are not doing it with this, you know, some people are, but not the vast majority of people. You know, nobody has the time to do it at this level unless they're crazy like you or me. Yeah, or unless they do it for their full-time jobs. I would say for a Disney don't, I would say do like read the advice and listen to the podcasts um, about how to plan, but don't feel trapped and don't feel like there's only any one way to plan your Disney vacation. Everyone's family is different. Uh, everyone has different needs and everyone plans things differently. So as long as you do at least a little, a little bit of planning, um, you're going to set yourself up for a more successful vacation and that hard earned time off that you've gotten uh, will pay off. So, you know, I would say don't feel pigeonholed into, you know, any one way of doing or planning things. Well said. All right. So we recognize that uh, it is tough to kind of look over a timeline without knowing people's specific parameters. So two things, we, if you have things you do in your Disney planning that you'd like to share, we'd love to hear from you. You can shoot us an email, disneydeciphered at gmail.com, or you can leave a comment on our blog post accompanying this episode. And secondly, you know, if you need some advice on your planning, you're stuck in a certain part, we're happy to answer your questions. We're happy to help out. Um, you know, I know some of you have done that in the past and we really appreciate you listening and uh, emailing us. So feel free to email, email us at any time disneydeciphered at gmail.com or connect with us on Twitter at www.deciphered or you can leave us a message on our Facebook page, Disney Deciphered. Leslie, anything else on Disney planning before we get out of here? I think it's time for me to go plan my October vacation now. All right, sounds good. Looking forward to seeing how that goes. Thanks again, everyone, for listening. And again, any questions or comments, drop us a note. Thanks so much and happy planning. Leslie, I will see you in October. Thanks, Joe. 